0: IV Coaches presents. Hello, IV Coaches listeners. This is a new series by Coach Pedari, who is a professional certified coach by ICF, with 12 years in leadership and 5 years in coaching. He will be interviewing his peer executive coaches have spent years helping organizations and individuals grow their business and achieve their goals. Please join us for this week's interview with Coach Pedari. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Coach Fedari's Corner here. Today with me, I have a great friend and a professional, Bart Berkey. Bart, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Coach. Good to have you. Uh, I know the time difference is a bit between Dubai and U.S. So thanks for dialing in and this is an amazing opportunity to speak to Bart today. Bart is the author of the book Most People Don't and Why You Should. So Bart, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. Uh, First of all, it's an honor to be connected and to be able to to talk to a, a dear friend. So, so thank you for including me on this. A little bit about myself without getting into too much detail. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so certainly far off from Dubai. I went to university at Pennsylvania State University, Penn State University, studied hotel management, and I have spent essentially the last 31 years providing service in some, some capacity, usually a sales capacity, to others. And that's mainly hospitality business related. But about, uh, gosh, 10 or 15 years ago, started my own company. Most people don't and have um, dedicated most of my time ever since to really trying to inspire and coach others to do what most people are not doing. And right, and right now, live in the Washington, D.C. area, beautiful wife and uh, two kids that are adult-like, uh, but still at home because of, sadly, because of the pandemic.
0: Amazing. Amazing background and amazing lifestyle. I'm going to ask you right away. What does the book Most People Don't and Why You Should mean to you? Why did you write it? And what's behind What's the story behind
1: it? It's, uh, it goes back probably about 14 years ago, 15 years ago. I was asked to write for Hotels Magazine, for the blog. And the stories didn't have to do anything with the hotel company that I was working for at the time. They just told me that they wanted to get exposure for what I saw. And I was to travel around not only with, um, with, with, my, uh, with my camera, but also with a video camera and really just capture things that I saw. And then I could talk about anything that was relatable. And a lot of the stories were not then hotel-driven by any perspective. It was about observations in life. It was about things that I saw that enabled me to think differently, to appreciate things differently, to do things differently. And it really became a reminder for me to do things differently, to, do, uh, to go above and beyond when providing service, uh, when providing um, memories, exceptional memories to other people <clears throat> so in doing this I uh, started writing the stories and very quickly gained in popularity this blog posting gained in popularity and i would start to receive messages from people all over the world in fact one gentleman who owned a juice bar in india sent me a private note and said i read your stories to my staff every single week thank you keep up the great work i would go to check in on a business trip And a person at the front desk would recognize my name, and they would say, aren't you the guy who writes for this unique blog? Most people don't. And then a dear friend of mine suggested, well, why don't you take some of your most favorite stories and put them into a book? And that's exactly what I did. I put it into a book. Uh, When I was a recruiter, I ended up using this terminology, most people don't. Because I found that when I was recruiting for college students for direct placements into a hotel company, that there was a lot of people that weren't doing certain things. They weren't following up. They weren't accepting challenges. They weren't doing what they said that they were going to do. So all of these things just kind of naturally um, grew into not only the book, but then also my uh, my speaking business as well.
0: Absolutely inspirational, but and um, I'm sure you've heard that before. And- During this time and during these days where a lot of concentration, and if I would say most of the concentration all over social media um, is towards COVID-19, all the advices everyone is giving uh, across how to manage business, how to be better leaders, how to be um, close to your staff or employees uh, during this social distancing. Is there a way that your book can help people with that? Yeah,
1: I I think from a couple of different measures, I gave a commencement speech to a high school graduation class just recently. And in preparing for it, I was watching virtual commencement graduation speeches on television the weekend before. And I noticed that everyone was talking about the same sad state of the world, the pandemic, people being unemployed, people concerned about their health. And I really vowed that I was only going to say that word, pandemic, only once. Because there's so much to learn about in the time that this is happening. I spoke to a friend of mine recently, and he said, if this situation were not occurring, I would be on the road leaving Monday morning or leaving Sunday night, coming home Friday. And I would have missed seeing my girls' first steps. Or I would have missed the first words that my son had said. I I think people need to make sure that they are enjoying the moment and living in the present. There's certain things that are beyond our control. And so to look at some of the stories in the book, a lot of them talk about present living, how to enjoy the moment. There's a story called My Lifeguard Text. And if you've ever been to a swimming pool, you would think the one job that a lifeguard would have at a pool is to guard lives. And I remember years ago when when we were not social distancing, there was an individual and all this person was doing from the lifeguard chair was texting the entire time, texting the entire time. And I thought if you were doing a job, Enjoy where you are, enjoy the moment, be where you are, enjoy the opportunity to do what you are doing now, and don't worry about anything else. So live in the present, be where you are. In in several stories that I have written recently, it it kind of go along the the, the challenge, how to deal with challenges as they arise. There was another story just recently that I I put on uh, social media, and it was entitled, you can do anything for a year. And it related back to 1989 when I got my first job after graduating from Penn State. I was selected by Hyatt to work in their training program. The location just happened to be Pittsburgh. Because I grew up in Pittsburgh, I really wanted to go anywhere else. Sadly, it was the only job offer that I had. I accepted it, but I was grumpy for about three months. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to grow. I wanted to see different cities, different destinations until I got over myself and until I had to tell myself, look, be flexible. You can do anything for year. Maybe this was not ideal, but be flexible. The second part was accept the situation. So that was the A aspect of it. The C aspect of it was be calm and creative. And the last part was E for empathy. So it really spells out face. You could face any challenges, flexibility, acceptance, calm, creativity and empathy. When I said that to myself and I accepted my fate of being in that role, that's when I started to have fun and I met great friends and I learned how to sell a hotel that maybe didn't have the best location. And I learned how to give back to the local community and I learned to appreciate all of my colleagues. So that really helped me, and what was interesting, Sohail, in social media, that had about 25,000 views on LinkedIn. Uh, Obviously, there's this need for this type of message. The story would go on to 2007 and 2008, when I was a recruiter, I lost my job when the financial crisis struck the United States. I had to go back to what I told myself in 1989, You can do anything for a year through flexibility, acceptance, calm, creativity, and empathy. That allowed me to get through a very difficult time. So now I think the advice that I have for individuals is to do the same thing. Be flexible, pivot if you need to pivot. You know, there's stories of a, a bakery that now sells more flour bagged up to individual consumers than they use to make their own bread. They change their business model. That's flexibility. Yeah. You know, the, the acceptance is we are here where we are now. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy time with our family. Let's enjoy making Zoom calls with our relatives that we can't necessarily see. Be calm and creative. How can we think differently? And then empathy the more that we are kind and do things for others, it gets out of our own head and we can, it, it takes away the focus from internal worry to external giving? Again, a long, sorry, long answer, but you can tell I'm passionate.
0: Uh, definitely a very, very deep answer. And, and I love the way you put through empathy. I think uh, empathy never gets old and never gets overused. And, and more than ever at this time of, of, of you know, of human uh, or the history of humankind, I think we have come to understand what, know, what social distancing really means and, and, you know, what can we do to uh, recover. Now, I want to go to the book for a second and there are so many and every single page you've written is is absolutely amazing. And one which I like to focus on, if you don't mind, is page 46 with Ceiling Spice and Pittsburgh Pizza. Now, the reason Mm -hmm. I picked this one is because more than ever today, we've seen people Giving farewells, and we've seen a lot of change uh, happen in terms of um, businesses, you know, getting smaller, um, more linear, more compact, and people losing jobs with that. Now, the reason I say this is because when you read this page and then you go to the bottom of the page, it says, "Explore the uniqueness of your staff." Can you tell us a little bit about this? This chapter or, or, or this sure. story and why and I love the, I, I loved the the topic so or the or the headline or the title Ceiling spice and Pittsburgh pizza so um, all yours
1: <laughs> sure yeah and as, as as I referenced earlier so I grew up in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania there's one part of town called the Strip District in which it there are wholesale food distributors and some very unique small family run restaurants in this one pizza shop when you would go in. It is tented on the inside. So you have a little bit of a higher ceiling. And when you would go in there, they were famous for tossing the pizza dough all the way up to the tented ceiling to touch it. And in fact, at the top of the ceiling, you could see some flour and remnants of pizza dough when it would actually touch up to the ceiling. Thinking that it would not necessarily be the most health conscious thing to have a, a, that would occur but it was fun and unique and different. And this pizza place actually became famous for that. Give me a little ceiling spice. So people would go in, tourists as well as locals. They would be ready with their cameras and they would take videos and pictures of the pizza dough actually touching the top of the ceiling. The aspect that I liked the most is that the managers were there, the owners were there, No one was getting in trouble for making this extraordinary move of tossing pizza dough all the way up to the top. People were happy. They were proud of it. They were unique. And instead of being told what to do, one employee just one day happened to toss it up a little too higher, too much, too high, touch the ceiling. And then they were joking about it. But then that became a thing. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pizza and Ceiling Spice. Embrace the unique uniqueness, the creativity of your individual employees. Allow them to be themselves. Empower them to do the best that they can. Let them have fun because it then becomes memorable. They were happy. They were engaged. And as a result, it became an extremely popular pizza joint.
0: What a story and absolutely what a meaning behind the whole chapter because you know, your, your chapters are not more than a page and and, and that's what the beauty of this book is, that you're literally reading one page of the book can just give you a very very strong um, insight and also uh, have you reflect. Uh, And I've said this book has gone from hand to hand sometimes and I really really use it for reference many times. Now. You are an inspirational person and an individual, no doubt. And I've said that many times. But if I would say, who are the three people who have been most inspirational for you? Hmm.
1: Three people that have been most inspirational. This is one of those high-gain questions, coach. One of those high-gain <laughs> questions. have to stop and think about that. Uh, I would think uh, a few individuals. Uh, I'm gonna start with my son. My son, Max, is now 21 years old. During his formative years of growing up, he was suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. Took him to many, many doctors and never knew what was the cause for him to be so tired. During, uh, I'd say, part of elementary school, most of middle school, the majority of high school, he would do his classes online in bed because he didn't have enough energy to go to school and take classes. And I look at this kid, 21 years old right now, and he is the kindest, most thoughtful, most respectful person. He's not, uh, he's not gotten sad. He's not gotten depressed. He's not uh, felt bad for himself. He will continue to do things for other people to make sure that they're comfortable. And I just, I love the quality and the character of his nature because he will do anything for anyone. Uh, a story just recently, we were camping at, uh, at a le- nearby beach and there was a lot of horseshoe crabs. You know, the animals that were turned over onto their back when they get way washed up into the shore. He had read somewhere that if you turn them over, no matter how far away they are from the water, that there's still a chance that they could make their way back to the sea. So here's this guy when most people are, you know, running around doing other things. He is not just walking or playing in the water. He is turning over every single horseshoe crowd that he comes across to give it an opportunity to swim back home and to survive in the ocean. And he has done so many things like that. I think he is truly, truly, truly an inspiration to me and most influential. Ah, oh, goodness. Um, Second person, and this was certainly not planned, but I have to think about it. Uh, I'm going to say my daughter, Alexa. She has been home since the pandemic doing online classes. She has had such discipline with school. She had a chance to finish one of her semester, one of her classes early. And she learned from the professor that if she got it done within two weeks, she wouldn't, she could return the book for the full refund. So she set a goal for herself to get this class done that would normally take six to eight weeks to get it done in two weeks, just have a goal so she could return the book. And in fact, she accomplished it. No one told her to do this. No one uh, told her it was about the money. It was just an idea that this is something that we dangle out in front of you. If you get it done within two weeks, you can return the book. So she wanted to do that. So she continuously sets goals for herself that way. And I'm just amazed. Um, Last person actually is going to be my wife, Terry. She is one of the most positive people that you could ever imagine. She doesn't take things seriously. She laughs all the time, close to family, and she gets things done. And when I look at two of those kids I created, and one, I married my wife, they help motivate me and inspire me every single day. And one of the reasons why I wrote this book was a reminder to myself, Coach, about doing what most people are not doing. The other day I was um, at a department store and I bought several things for the camping trip and underneath there was a few items like toothpaste and deodorant that were hidden underneath a big bottle of water. As I did self-checkout, I was clicking them myself. When I got to the car, started to rain, unpacked everything and I saw, oh, I didn't pay for the deodorant, I didn't pay for the toothpaste. There's a long line inside, I'd have to put my mask back on, I didn't have an umbrella, what were I to do? And I thought, most people don't take the time to do the right thing. Most people don't return items, right? Most people aren't honest. And I thought of what my kids would do, what my wife would do, what my mother would do. I went back in and I returned the items, waited in line, put my mask back on. But it's just a reminder that if I'm telling people to do what other people are not doing, I better make sure that I do these things as well.
0: Amazing. Um, I was just about to ask you, what is your best tip of making the world a better place? And you just said it. So I, I'm not really going to ask that question at this point because I think, you know, wh- how to make the world a better place uh, is by doing most people yeah. don't, right? um, Yeah. Yeah. And what, I,
1: I just asked my team this the other day. I said, what does most people don't mean to you? And uh, two of the individuals were college students and they said, it's a reminder to do things. It's a nudge, it stays in your mind. So they gave me an example of someone sent an email just to follow up back and forth communication. Well, thank you very much, have a great weekend. This college student said, well, I was thinking, should I respond back to that? And I thought most people don't respond back to a note like that, but I should. I'm going to respond back to a note like that. Uh, Another member of my team said something about the reason why they are now exercising every day is they realize most people don't wake up early and exercise every single day. And, And it's really interesting that it's not only easy to remember, most people don't. Easy to remember. MPD is the abbreviation, three letters. Easy to remember. There's a reason why it works, and we looked at some behavioral studies as what allows people to change behavior. If I if I would like to start exercising more, certain things need to take place. And if you look at it, it typically needs to be competitive. And the aspect about most people don't is that we are comparing ourselves to others. We're competing against other people. If I'm at a grocery store and I see people return the carts, but a lot of people leave the carts just in the parking lot. Most people don't take the extra effort to return the cart. Most people don't say good morning to each other. Most people don't show appreciation. So all of these things is that if it's competitive, if it's easy to do, if it's easy to remember and makes you feel good, people will change behavior to do it. So just really, the more people remember, most people don't. And in fact, I don't even know if I told you, but I officially got a trademark by the U.S. Patent Office. So no one else can use that term. Most people don't for any, anything. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's powerful, it's simple, and
0: it will help. It helps the world. I would say one word, and I don't know if you can connect it. Kindness. Um, and I'll put it in the sentence. Treat everyone with consistent kindness. This goes back yes. to, your, to one of your chapters, and uh, I think kindness can never be enough, and kindness is never a weakness. And kindness is really, really, you know, does not require much, is an act of, of just selflessness, as you said. What would you say about kindness, and how could you link this to your book) and, you know, <sighs>
1: Sure. And I just thought of this the other day. I was, uh, many of these stories you're going to hear are about me and the family or me and my dogs camping. So we were waiting in line to get into a campground. It was a busy Sunday afternoon, at least here in North America, United States. Camping has become even more popular because it's safety and social distancing. I was getting frustrated because it was such a long line, and I looked to see ahead of me, there was a truck and a little girl, maybe eight or nine years old, that had her feet simply dangling out the window, kicking to the sound of the music that was playing in the car. And I saw this, and instead of me getting frustrated, being mad that the line was so long, uh, being upset that I wasn't starting my camping vacation early, I looked at her and I thought, I can relax. Most people don't enjoy the present. Most people can't just wait So I put on the music. I rolled down the windows. I Smelled the pine I could smell the ocean nearby and I just relaxed and waited it was much better than me honking the horn and not being kind Uh, There's another story. I and I believe this one's in the book as well. I was uh, this is when we were traveling a few years ago uh, anxious to get home, made like three different connections, had been traveling for about 18 hours one particular day and waiting in line to board with my particular group on a domestic airline. And I saw one gentleman with a very fancy briefcase and a fancy, fancy set of luggage basically sneak around all the lines and wait next to the individuals that were taking the airline tickets to board. And I saw that. And I just really got mad because I'm in grouping number two. There's not going to be enough overhead bin space for my carry-on luggage. I was just mad. I was done. I was tired. There was a young couple ahead of me that also noticed the same thing. And I could see that they were laughing and joking. And I said, you see what I'm saying? This guy just cut in line, right? And it's like, yeah, but but you know what? We're, We're just going to bet a penny to see if he stays in line or not. We'll just bet a penny. And that really showed the insignificance of the act. They were making a joke about it. And they said, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's a penny if he cuts in line or doesn't cut in line. That's all it was. And I decided, you know what? Either I'm, you know, I'm 6'2", I'm 230 pounds. I could intimidate the guy and be, be mad and ask him to leave. Or I could take the attitude of being kind and just not paying much attention to it and thinking that it's as insignificant as a penny. So sure enough, they called all pre-boards, military personnel, people with requiring extra time, and then, you know, frequent flyers that travel a million miles a year. And certainly this gentleman then boarded because he was one of those frequent travelers that flew, let's say, a million miles a year. And thank goodness I didn't say anything to that person. And that just taught me a very good lesson. It's better to be kind than be right. Most people don't show kindness and there's so many different ways that we can do it. Uh, I think that that's critically important for, not only for today, but for the future.
0: I think that was a great example and I think everyone who listens and will listen can resonate with similar stories from being in a queue. Uh, I'm not sure when is the next time we're going to be in a queue for for a flight, (laughs) but for the time being there are other queues that we can resonate with. so yeah, kindness actually goes across. And I think, uh, did you, obviously, you won the penny. I hope you didn't lose it, right? If you bet,
1: uh, it, it was the couple ahead of me that was betting. <laughs> so oh, I right. had no money. I had no <laughs> money in the game.
0: <laughs> That's an amazing story. Here comes a question that I'm sure it will bring you back many, many years. Uh, you've had great success in what you've done to date with organizations you've been with, with your own business, with your own um, movements. My question is, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? So really, we, I want to focus on what you learned, but I need to ask, what was that one failure that for you was the biggest? Or what did you get out of it? Join us on the next episode for the rest of the discussion.